Mm. That was was good stuff. Amen. Were it not for God's grace. If you have your copy of of the Word of God, if you will go with me to the book of Jonah in the Old Testament. Real small book, couple of chapters. We're going to camp out here. If you're a child, you're being dismissed to Children's Church right now. You guys go have a good time playing and eating and learning about Jesus. It's hard to get our adults not to go. They want to go to Children's Church. What do you do when God calls? What do you do when, 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 when you know God is, is calling you to do something? What do you, what do, you do? I, I'm reading a book. A lot of people always add, they, you know, some of you know I'm a big reader, and, and I'm constantly always diving in. I'm into a book right now I cannot put down. Um, I read 190 pages yesterday. Uh, I just, I love, and that doesn't happen to me a whole bunch. Like, I, I chunk read, um, so I'll read 20 pages a day. Something like, I, I just could not stop reading it yesterday. And if you're like, what is this book? It's called The Insanity of God. Um, there's a movie out about the book, so I'm, I'm reading the book first. And it's about a guy's um, missionary adventure um, to Somalia. And he had a, a, a great encounter with the Lord, and he felt God's calling him. And, and he, he describes it in the book as, as God didn't give him the full picture up front. God didn't let him know everything that he was going to have to walk through on this journey, because had he, had he known that, he, he probably wouldn't have done it. What do you do when God calls? When, when God calls you to do something, what do you do? Well, we have... The story of Jonah, and this is one of those stories that, that is, is is very much um, it's very much surveyed on the theological level. It's very much it's under a lot of scrutiny all the time. This is a book I hear about almost yearly. Somebody says it's impossible, um, and, and and listen, I, I'm a simplest. Some of you know that God spoke the world into existence in seven days. We tracking? God can make a fish. Okay, well I'm just gonna throw that. That's free, not in my notes. God can make a fish uh, to, to eat old Jonah and him live through it. And so as we begin this series on Jonah, it's about four to five weeks thinking about Jonah. What I want us to kind of view in on and, and hone in on it is, is when God intervenes in our life, what, what do we do? How do we respond? And, and what is the biblical requirement when, when God speaks? Um, we're going to read the whole first chapter of Jonah. If you are able, it's, a, it's about 17 verses. If you're able to stand with us, when you find your place, if you'll stand. If not, you can remain seated. But as we look at Jonah, this is what, this is what the text says. Jonah chapter 1, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it. For evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose and he he fled to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And he went to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish. And he paid the fare and he he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea and there were a mighty tempest on the sea. So the ship was threatened to break up. 
And the mariners were afraid, and each one cried out to his own God, and, and they hurled the cargo that was on the ship into the sea, and to lighten it up for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship, and had laid down, and was fast asleep. There's a lot of Christ connections here. We'll get to that in just a second. So he's down there. He's down there asleep. So the captain came to him in verse 6, and he said, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give you a thought to us, and we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots and know whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lot, and the lot fell on Jonah. And they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon you. What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? And he said to them, I'm a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and dry land. And then they were exceedingly afraid, and they said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then he said to them, What shall we do that the sea might quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. And he said to them, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. And then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it's because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land. But when they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they called out to the Lord, O God, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us innocent blood for you O Lord have done as it pleased you so they picked up Jonah and they hurled him into the sea and the sea ceased from its raging and the, mere, the men feared the Lord exceedingly and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and they made vows and the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days. Let's pray. Father, bless the reading of your holy and perfect word. Father, we thank you for the story of Jonah. God, we pray that as we look through this text and look through this interaction between you and Jonah, that it would stir in us an affection to be more devout to your voice, to be more devout to your, to your call. God, thank you for using imperfect people for the perfect ministry of the gospel. We pray this text would, would find a place in our souls and a resting spot on our heart. We ask all this in the name of Christ. Amen. You may have a seat. Hearing God's call. God, God is still actively working and God is still actively pursuing us today. He, he hasn't stopped doing that. God still has each one of us a role. We're, we're not absent. We're not, we're not the one he forgot about. God has a plan for your life. Look at your neighbor and tell them God has a plan for your life. God has something for you that he has for no one else. God has a job just for you that, that he has placed upon your life for the fulfillment for his glory. God's about his glory as we talked last week. He's about all that, that is majestic for his name. He's about his glory. He's about his will. So when God calls us, what are we going to do? We look at Jonah 
The word of the Lord came to Jonah. The, God spoke in an in a imperative form. You know what the word imperative means? It was often how your mama spoke to you. The word imperative, God gave them a command. He, he spoke to Jonah. Look at what he said. He said, arise. He wants him, he, get up and go. Many of you, you heard that growing up. I remember getting ready for school. And, and why is it? Listen, I'm, I've always kind of been a little redneck and I've always kind of, kind of, I can get up to go kill an animal two hours before the sun. You get me up on eight o'clock on a Monday morning and I'm just, ugh. Oh, and parents, you, 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 you feel me on that. You're like, what? Why can our kids not? Listen, I heard my whole life. Get up. Get up. It's time to go. God's looking at Jonah. He says, get up. I've got a job for you to do. I want you to go. He's speaking in an imperative language. It's a commandment that God has placed on him. I want you to notice three things about that little phrase that that God gives us. Three things. Number one, God's calling was no accident. God's never accidentally called you to do something. He's never sent a calling that wasn't for you. He's never wrong. Anybody pocket now? Some of you are like, you don't even know what I'm talking about. Like, I, there's times I get phone calls, and so I answer the phone, and all I hear is, and I hear the radio. I hear Paul Feinbaum in the background. I, 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 God's never pocket-dialed you. He's never accidentally called and gotten the wrong number. God's call for you has always been intentional, and he's always been direct. He's always been after you. He, he's, he's always been directly in line with you. Not only is, is his calling it not an accident, but we, we must know that, that being faithful may take us places we didn't want to go. Being faithful may take us places we didn't want to go. Listen, Jonah hears God say, hey, get up and you're going, to, you're, going, you're going to Nineveh. I'm going to send you to that city. Well, we know that Jonah didn't like Nineveh. He didn't like it. It would be like if you called me and said, Jeff, I need you to go to Chicago. There's not one city on this planet that I'd be more reserved about going to than Chicago. I've had bad experience. Every time I go there, bad, I don't like Chicago. I wouldn't be excited about that. He hears where God's calling him, and he doesn't want to go there. But God's not interested in our affection towards the place, but he's concerned with our affection of our heart to be able to say, no matter where, no matter what, I'm in. No matter where it is, no matter what it is, I'm in. When God calls, he's not concerned with with our affection towards the location. But when God calls, listen, my friends, God always wins. You ever argue with God? Some of you look like you don't know what I'm talking about. I argued with God for a long time about this ministry thing. I I know, listen, I make it look easy, I know. And, And church folk are always the sweetest folks, right? I begged the Lord. He, he started calling me to ministry. I was a teenager, and I was like, uh-uh. He said, I, I want you to preach the gospel. And I was like, uh I, I was giving him that Moses. Oh, you meant to call my brother. I, I, was, I, I did everything. I ran from God, and I, I just decided I was just going to quit going to church, and God would quit calling. I didn't stop him. 
I ran and I got new friends and I started bad influences in my life. I was trying to get as far away from the Lord as possible because I really wasn't, I had plans for my life. I had a lot of things I was very interested in doing, my friend. Seminary wasn't one of them. But God was relentless in his pursuit. And once God, hey, boy, I tell you what, I had an old friend of mine tell me, God's like a hound dog. Once he gets on you, he ain't getting off till he gets you. And he pursued and pursued. And for, for Jonah, Jonah heard the voice of the Lord saying, arise and go. And he ran, but he quickly learned that God always wins. He told him arise, he told him to go, and he said, I've got a message that I want you to deliver. Verse 2, he said, arise and go to Nineveh, that great city. Nineveh was a powerhouse city. They had great influence in the culture. They had an import-export city. They had a lot of money coming in, a lot of money going out. It was a happening place to be. It was a, a party scene. And, and God said, I want you to go over there to that city, and I want you to call out against it. And I've got a message. He, he says, for their evil has come up before me. He said, their evil has come up before me. So when God called, he called him, he said, I've got a message for you to deliver. And that message for the city is you need to repent. Now Jonah hears that and goes, well, that's not going to be a very popular message. Because even today, the message of repentance isn't one that people welcomely take. Because no one likes to think what they're doing is wrong. We all like to think we're always right. We're always justifying sin. We're always um, putting sin in, in a disorder category. Now we've got disorders for everything. And we, what you're trying to do is justify your sin. We don't like the, the, the message of repentance, but it was exactly what God had called for him. Notice Jonah's response to the Lord's call. He fled. He fled. God said, I, I want you to get up. I want you to go. You're going to go tell these folks to repent because they're evil, because they're wicked, because they need to turn back to me. Jonah's response was, I'm out of here. That ain't me. God wasn't playing tag. And Jonah fled. Jonah's fleeing points to some things, and this is kind of where I struggle with, and maybe you're here too. When God calls, we have the option of obedience or disobedience. When God places something in your life, you've you, two options. It boils down to that. You're either going to say yes to the Lord and follow him, or you're going to be disobedient. Jonah chose disobedience. Jonah heard the call. He heard the instructions, but he said, not, not for me. Not for me. He was disobedient with the call. That disobedience will put you outside of God's will. That disobedience, it, it will put you outside of the will of the Father. When you get to the place where, where you know what God has for you, when you know the direction God has, but you say, no, sir, well, I can't, you didn't mean for me to do that. I can't do that. Listen, Satan will tell you over and over that you can't do it. Satan will tell you that you're not qualified. And guess what, my friend? You're not. But Satan will tell you all of it. Oh, God meant for that somebody else. Satan's going to tell you, oh, but you're just a sinner. Satan's going to tell you there's somebody else better but when God calls you my friend he's calling you your name came up before the father and it's now your responsibility to be faithful 
I often struggle when God places something on my heart. We, this, this tempest that Jonah talks about roars within us because we don't like awkward situations. Boy, that, that, that gospel conversation, when, when God t- puts it on your heart, boy, you got a friend you need to go share the gospel with, that awkwardness wells up in you. Anybody get secondhand awkwardness? I, I do bad. Like, if there's just an awkward situation around me, I feel awkward for them. I get it real. God's not worried about our emotions and how we feel. He wants us to be faithful. He wants us to be faithful. He, he's called us, and, and listen, you can't save anybody anyway. He said, I want you to be faithful. He's calling Jonah knowing that it's going to be the Holy Spirit at work when they get to Nineveh. He's calling knowing that God's going to do a work, but he's going to use Jonah as a mouthpiece. God's looking to this generation of people saying, will you be my mouthpieces in the year 2017 in Pinson, Alabama? Will you be faithful to the call that I've placed before you? Because when you say no, you're disobedient. And when you become disobedient, you're outside of God's will. And when you're outside of God's will, you're not standing in the very presence of the Lord. And it's a lonely and dark place where Satan devours. I've seen so many people that that get off on one thing. They become disobedient in one area. They know God's called. I got a, a pastor friend of mine who God called him to do something that was going to be uncomfortable. He didn't do it. Six months later, he wasn't in, he wasn't in ministry anymore. Like, well, how did that happen? Because he, become, he became unfaithful. And when you say no to the Lord, it's kind of like if God's calling you for salvation. Listen, the first time you tell God no, the second time it's going to be a little easier. Third time it's going to be a little easier. And eventually you're standing in complete disobedience before the Lord. That's where Jonah was. He, he wasn't interested in being faithful to, to the call of the Lord. And it all boils down to Jonah thought he was supreme above the Lord. This is the very thing that, that, that trumps us. At, at the very root of man, the greatest sin man has is, is the desire to be God. The desire to be God. We want to make our own decisions. We want to, to call our own shots. We don't like to, to wait patiently on the Lord. We, we have developed into the most impatient generation of all times. Katie and I were driving back from our farm yesterday and, and uh, we were having a conversation and I just asked her, I said, what do you think would happen if the internet collapsed? So you just panic on me right there. You, what did he say? What listening? What did he say? What would happen to our culture if the internet collapsed? Like if Google just disappeared? Well, you know what kind of mess we'd be in? We've become the most impatient generation of all times. You remember when you used to take photos to the, you remember when you actually used to have, you remember the click, these kids, they're like, what are you talking about? Click, click. You used to have to put film in there and if you mess it up, you mess up the whole roll. And then when you wanted that thing developed, there, there wasn't no like slide up and delete. You had to take it to Walmart and and then it takes seven days, but then they got fancy and they had one hour. Woo! One hour. And well, that was something. And now we're so impatient. Boy, we, we, we now have apps that will take seven photos at a time. You go order food at McDonald's, they got the bag hanging out the window when you pull around. We've become the most impatient set of people ever and what that is destroying is our ability to wait 
on the Lord. God's not a one-hour pickup service. God's not fulfilling your needs just because you're we, we've birthed an ADD culture and we want it now. Sometimes the Lord's response is silence. And that, that silence isn't a no. That silence isn't a yes. That, that silence is not right now. Wait on me. Wait. Boy, I, I get to push in that cart. You ever notice when you get ahead of the Lord, it doesn't ever work out. Things always fall apart. Jonah thought he was supreme to God. He thought, hey, I can just get out of this situation. If I get to run in, it'd be more trouble than it's worth. If I get, if I get outside of this place and I don't, I don't make it up to Nineveh, God will pick somebody else. Well, he had all the excuses. He said, I'm out of here. He said, that, that's somebody else's problem up there. He was unfaithful. God's relentless pursuit of Jonah was something Jonah didn't anticipate. God's relentless pursuit. I love the Bible. Uh, th this, this section of chapter 1 is just, to me, some of the most intriguing part of Scripture that we have. Look at, look at this relentless pursuit. Number one, that God uses his power to get Jonah's attention. So, so Jonah runs down and he says, I'm, I'm bouncing up out of here. So he, he packs some stuff and, and he gets on a boat. He's going to Tarshish. He's going the other way. He's going to get it further away from Nineveh. It says God hurled the wind. Now, you, that may not, you may read the Bible and just read right over that, but I, I imagine the Lord winding up and giving that wind a fastball, and they, didn't, they got on that boat, and all of a sudden that wave hit them. Well, I wonder what that was. And then the next one hit them. And before they knew it, my friend, they were in a storm. They were in one of them. The, the water's coming over. It says the boat was moaning. And, and I, love, I love Scripture, my friend. Listen, there's a narrative being told about Jonah's life. There's a narrative. God uses the, the wind. He displays his authority and his power over nature. But there's a sub-story happening in this narrative. We have the folks, these mariners, as the ESV calls it, these, these fishermen are on there with them. And, and, and notice what they're doing because God's going to use them too. Notice what they're doing. It says, the Lord hurled the wind upon them and the mighty tips of the sea came and the ship threatened to break. And it's going back and forth. The mariners were afraid, so they called out to their gods. What well, he sent a storm, God sent a storm, and here you have pagan worshipers, and they're doing all they can. Well, they're they're trying to get their gods' attention. They're they're trying they're throwing stuff overboard, and and to me, I just picture this this three Scrooge's type event where they're they're running around with their heads cut off, trying to get this thing to go. And what's Jonah doing? He's in the back asleep. He's in the back asleep. These pagans are, are here and they're, they're trying and they're, they're trying to figure out what has caused this great. This wasn't, they had looked that James Penn told them it wasn't going to be bad. It shouldn't have been. Now all of a sudden, this is unpredictable storm because it wasn't in the forecast, but it was in God's forecast. It's unpredictable storm showed up. This wasn't normal. This wasn't right. This wasn't, they're avid fishermen. They're used to this, but this one was different. The temperature of this one was different. They saw this is God's judgment on my life. When we get outside of God's will, we can expect God's judgment. So they're looking around there. They're worshiping to their gods. They're trying to wake their gods up. Help us and nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. 
So they go to Jonah, the, the captain of the boat goes, how in the world are you asleep when we're about to sink? How in the world are you down here resting and we're about to go under? So they said to one another, let us cast lots. Well, we know who the lot's going to fall on. It falls on old Jonah because he's guilty. They look at Jonah, they, what is this? And, and notice, notice the power of God's name. Oh, my friend, you... You ain't even ready. He said, who are you? Where are you from? What country? What people are you? And he says, I'm a Hebrew. He says, I fear the Lord, God of heaven, who made the seas and dry land. Here, there's these pagans who are just worshiping their gods, who, who are praising to their gods to get this thing to stop. And they said, who are you? And he said, I belong to Yahweh God. And these folks, they just got out of their skin. Hey, I belong to the, to the King Eternal. I belong to the Alpha and the Omega, the one who made this water, the one who made this wind. I belong to him. And it says they were scared because of the power of Jesus, my friend, at the name of Jesus, my friend. Pagans and evil worshipers, they just get overwhelmed. There's name in the very power. Sometimes you ain't got nothing to say but the name of Jesus. And that's enough. You know, evil can't cross the bloodline of Christ. You know, there's nowhere in the Bible where a believer is dealing with a demon. I've read the book. It ain't in there. Evil can't persist at the name of God. All these other gods are out there. They're they're trying to pray to him. They ain't waking him up. And Jonah knows. Jonah knows this is all happening because of me. You ever been to that place where you realize... All this judgment. And listen, your sin doesn't just affect you, my friend. A lot of times we think our sin is just us and it ain't hurting nobody. Your sin always affects other people. And folks on that boat with Jonah, they just got on the boat. They were at the wrong place at the wrong time or they were at the right place at the right time. We'll see that in the end. Jonah goes to him and he tells him, hey, just cast me over. I'm the problem. But but these folks, it's amazing. You know, you can be lost in a good person. Not every lost person's out there living like hell. Not every lost person is running around shooting folks. There's great lost people out there. Here we have here we have these fishermen, and he said, Jonah tells me, just pick me up, hurl me into the sea, and the, the sea will quiet down. Nevertheless, the men rode harder to get back to dry land. The men realized casting Jonah overboard meant his death and they were trying to preserve his life. So they're rowing and you picture this. These men who are now scared to death because they realize the authority of God. They realize the power of Jehovah. Now they're a little worried and so they're just rowing and I'm mad, boy, they got sweat dripping down. They're rowing and they're not going nowhere. Finally, they come to the breaking point where they realize they have to be faithful. God will take us to the point where there's no return so that we will submit before him. They call out to the Lord. Pagan fishermen who worshiped other gods six verses before are now calling out to the Lord Almighty. Lord, forgive us. Don't let this man's blood be on us. Forget, let thy will be done. And they hurled old Jonah right into the water. 
They threw out a boy right in. And notice what, notice what the Bible, Bible, ooh, I love this text. They picked him up. They hurled him into the sea. And the sea ceased is raging. God's power is on full display here. God's glory is on full display here. God's showing out, showing his ability to draw men. Notice verse 16. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly. The men feared the Lord exceedingly. And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and they made vows. This is a sub-story in the main narrative in which God took pagans, used them for his glory, and then redeemed them. You had pagans who were there, were praying to their gods, trying to say, they're throwing stuff overboard. They're, they're just trying to stay afloat. Next thing we know, my friend, they've done God saved. They're making sacrifices to the Lord. They vowed to follow Jehovah. God's never out of play. He's never undone. He's never outdone. He's never not working. He's always about his glory and Jonah's narrative didn't end because he went overboard. Jonah's narrative didn't end because he went overboard. Because see, God uses, God uses his power and God uses pagan fishermen, but God can also use his creation to get our attention. See, because here's Jonah, and he's now in the midst of the water, and the boat quickly left him, and he's there trying to figure out what to do. And he says, God appointed God appointed a fish that fish had one job in this life I don't know how big that fish was I got kids coming up to me rocking my theology all the time how big was that fish I don't know I don't know I imagine it's like some of y'all's fishing story it just gets bigger every time we talk about it how big was it I don't know it was big enough that it ate a man I know that it was big enough that it swallowed a whole human being and it lived inside of its belly for three days. I know that. I don't know what kind of fish it was. I don't know if it was a whale. I don't know if it was a, a porp. I don't know what it was, but I know God appointed a fish because when God wills, creation becomes authority. When God says, you do it, creation says, yes, sir. It's amazing. This fish didn't back talk to the Lord. This fish didn't run to Tarsus. God said, fish, eat Jonah. Fish, ate Jonah. My goodness, we'd have the faith of that fish. God said, eat Jonah. Fish, ate Jonah. That we would become where we hear the Lord and become receptive. That we would hear the Lord and become faithful. That we would hear the Lord and respond with eagerness. See, here's what, I, here's what I fully believe this morning. Here, as I struggle with this all week long, I believe God's calling you to do something. I believe God's calling you 
to do something. And I don't know what that is for you. I don't know what that is in your life. But I know you've got one of two options when God calls. You can be obedient now, or you can be obedient later. But God's going to be about obedience. Can you imagine, oh, Jonah, we're going to get to it next week. Jonah's in the belly of that fish. And I, I just can't imagine that smelling good. I can't imagine that being a, a, a peaceful experience for him. But I guarantee you it was a humbling experience for him. But God's going to bring about his will. He can do that voluntarily with us being submissive to the Lord. Or he will show his power and show his authority and use every means necessary for us to be faithful. For us to be faithful. Today, are you faithful to the Lord? Are you listening to the Lord today? What's he calling you to do? Maybe for some of you, you need to get, get your life straightened up. You've been, you're, you're a believer. You've been walking with the Lord. But man, you, you're in a season of life where you're just, you're not hearing God. You've got so much noise. Maybe today that place for you is on the altar begging the Lord to remove that distraction. Because as long as we're distracted, we're not faithful. And listen, this world has plenty of distractions. For some of us, we need to get to a place where we're removing all the distractions and noise to be faithful to the Lord. For some of us, it may be salvation. Maybe you realize, man, listen, those guys on that boat, they were pagan worshipers and God got their attention. I need God to get my attention. I need to be, I need to be faithful to the Lord. Maybe you need salvation today. Maybe God's called you to partner with our church. Maybe God's called you to surrender to ministry. Maybe you've been hearing about our small groups launching um, this winter and you want to be a part of that. You want to be a facilitator in that. Maybe what, whatever God's calling you to do today. I'm not you, so I can't make that judgment call. But will you be faithful to what God has placed on your life? Because God is about faithfulness. He's about his glory and he's about us giving that to him. Let me pray. Musicians, if you come on up as we usher into this time of invitation. Listen, I don't know what it is in your life. I don't know what it is that you're not submitted to, that you're not being faithful to. I don't know what you're struggling with this morning. But I know we've got a God who's able. I know we've got a God who's powerful. I know we've got a God, he, he's bigger, he's stronger, he's more. And he's about you being faithful to him. So you, I beg that you would do all that you can to get right before the Lord. Father in heaven, we praise you for this day. We thank you for Jonah chapter 1. God, we praise you that, that the first time we, don't, we slip up or the first time that, that we fall before you or the first time we become disobedient, you don't just take us out, but you give us an opportunity to redeem ourselves and become faithful to you. And so I pray, Father, over this place today, God, that you would work in a mighty way, that you would draw us to that thing you've been calling us to, to that, that ministry you've been calling us to, that, that thing. God, I pray today that if there's, there's some that don't know you here today, God, that they would get that right. They'd be, they'd be submissive to salvation, God, as you've, you've done all you can to redeem us. You've done all you can to save us by sending Jesus to die for us. So, Father, we pray that, that we would be receptive 
to that gift of salvation. God, for those who, who need to get things right before you, before the Lord, I pray this altar, God, that, that people would come do work here, that, that people would come spend time with the Father, getting that distraction out so they can hear the voice of the Lord. Father, do whatever you have to do during this invitation. We give you full authority in, this, in the name of Christ that I do pray. And all God's people said, amen.